0: This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster Podcast. Every episode, Chris Chippen and the guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now... Even if you've never worked for a blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop on the day before Christmas, when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today.
1: Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, The Darkest Timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is...
0: Lord Commander Ulrich, and I'm running through my head like, we need some good NPR public broadcasting radio for the bucklers to ease people into it for the first time.
1: Can to make that joke every time. I, I feel like every time I'm just, I'm refining a little bit more to It is. Of, it's, more getting, more it,
0: it's getting more and more like, and this is NPR. And I, I just wonder people that go from our normal episodes with me to this and going, did, did, did my feed skip what's going on here? This doesn't have the same energy.
1: I do feel like I get, I get closer to the mic every time and I'm starting to get a <laughs> little more into it i don't know so but anyway how how are you doing
0: oh pretty good i'm tired as hell but other than that everything's As golden as it can be in the darkest timeline.
1: All right. Well, then, uh, before we get into today's topic for our buckler, we have a list of patrons. And as it is a buckler, it is my duty, my, nay, my privilege, to list them off in this particular recording. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinals, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Jesse Johnston, Donald Lucy and nathan willis and if you would like to join that list the illustrious legion as we call them head over to our patreon at geeks with shields for a dollar a month, you get at least 25 cents an episode. It goes a long way towards helping us with the podcast. And maybe I'll start doing the uh, – the, whereas Ulrich does the patron sound off like the Micro Machine Man, maybe I'll start just trying to do the sensual patron sound off.
0: <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to turn people off like, no, no, I want my
1: dollar back. <laughs> well, let us know if you're listening. <laughs> we'll
0: add it here, you know. Axel will not do the sultry voice for an extra dollar. I'll accept that, too.
1: (laughs) Anyway, what are we here to talk about today, my friend?
0: We are here to talk about something that we've talked around, and we've talked about a bunch on social media, and it's not that episode, but it's close. We're going to talk about how Invincible finally did an evil Superman story
1: well. So, uh, hold on, I have a few things about that, because I haven't been on social media much recently, so I don't know what thing you're referencing specifically, because... Ulrich controls the the primary <laughs> uh, social media feed, and se- and secondly, I I do take some umbrage with the, the 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 word finally there because I feel like deconstructionist Superman, early Superman taken on the other side of the moral spectrum, has been done well before. I will admit that Omni Man Invincible is one of the best versions of it, but you know, I'm it, it has
0: curious. Been- what your other versions are because i struggle to think like when has there been a good evil superman i can think of felt three like off the top like of a... my head
1: all right let's hear them justice lords the episode of justice league unlimited yeah the injustice storyline especially in injustice 2 specifically mm, yeah, mm, okay and dr manhattan who could be seen as neutral superman but could Ooh. also easily be seen as evil superman
0: you're right but that's a whole other one no anyways for those of you that are wondering the first episode, the Superman topic we have talked around and we'll eventually get to is why we are so obsessed with telling evil Superman story. But that's not this episode.
1: Although yeah, I do feel is- like that a- answer ties very neatly into what's going on here. So, but that's yes. another entirely, I guess.
0: This is, this is like the test run for that eventual episode because... It's a big thing. People love telling evil Superman stories, but we're not here to talk about that. Right, let's let's take a moment. About-
1: yeah, let's take a moment because we're we're talking about Invincible. It's funny. I mentioned to my my girlfriend that that's what we were going to talk about today, and they were literally like, "Isn't it a bit late for that?" <laughs> referencing the fact that Invincible is kind of old at this point. But you know what? We don't care. Invincible is awesome, and I still want to talk about it. So. I feel like
0: people are still watching it. We're listen. We chase the algorithm as much as we have to, but we are never going to let it dictate. Oh no, we can't talk about that
1: anymore. Fair enough. So two main topics to cover real quick before we get into the meat of the discussion: Invincible and Superman. Let's do Superman first. Everyone knows him. If you don't know him, I, I don't understand how you could be human.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's but, kind of uh, all present.
1: Yeah, like every culture is aware of Superman. As an entity, at least, and the, one of the main things that makes Superman, well, Superman, is he is the the paragon of the superhero. He is morally right, uh, he is the you know can do anything. He's the savior of the day, of the universe, of reality. He is literally like kind of the first, well, the first superhero as we know it today, certainly. Uh, yes. What Action Comics, nineteen thirty something so
0: i want to say 37
1: i would have thought earlier i thought it was 32 i think you might be thinking of like detective comics which i'm gonna google it because i need to know. anyway point being that superman stories are how do i put this among our peer group it is a well-known adage that it's difficult to tell a good superman story generally speaking Now, the reasons for that are are numerous and somewhat complicated, but it kind of boils down to the fact that Superman is himself not the main focus of his best stories. He is... A cipher in a lot of cases for what the superhero genre is, for what the philosophy or underlying kind of morality of the culture, primarily American culture, is. And so, because of that his stories, a lot of times the ones that are good are less about him and more about the world he inhabits. So, over a long course of history, it became, you know, at some point, especially, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it became popular to start deconstructing superheroes. Now, deconstructing superman specifically means a lot of different things but one of the ways that they have tried to do it a number of times throughout the series is to make or throughout his life is to make evil superman what if what if superman as we know him but was evil
0: because <laughs> superman is inherently good and i
1: was close it was 1938 38 Oh, okay yeah you're you're closer than i was i, was, I thought 32 for some reason so anyway there are many examples of this. Like I said, I mentioned some earlier. Uh, Brightburn is also not a bad one. It's not a great one, but it's not a bad one either.
0: The parallels but, there get a bit skewed, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what about what is Invincible then? Invincible, how this ties into the story, is in some ways a deconstruction of, well, kind of the entire DC Detective Comics universe. Uh, Superman included, but pretty much everything in there. Um, yeah, they, mostly. at all in there. Yeah, mostly DC, little bit of jabs at Marvel, but it's mostly a a DC deconstruction. And I think that where it succeeds compared to something like The Boys, which is also a giant DC deconstruction, is that Invincible manages to keep a kind of it's still a genuine superhero story that just also happens to deconstruct superheroes. It's a complete world. Yeah, it feels
0: like okay, it feels like you're reading a comic book. It works. I like The Boys. But it, it's for different reasons.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of The Boys. I watched the whole first season, and The Boys to me is too cynical. It, yeah, it I get feels that. like it spends all its time tearing superheroes down without, I don't know, at all addressing why we do like them. Whereas I feel mm-hmm. like Invincible is very good at being a three-dimensional picture. So
0: I would say Invincible is still has a shred of optimism, despite all the terrible
1: Exactly. And that optimism is in the character of Invincible himself, primarily. Yes. But we're here mostly to talk about Omni-Man, who, so, if you're, you're listening to this and you watch Invincible, it was probably because someone was like, you got to see Omni-Man.
0: <laughs> yes. So, full-blown spoilers for the first season of Invincible. If you haven't seen it, please, please, please stop the record, the episode right now. Go watch that first episode. Go watch the whole first season, then come back. If I don't want
1: to ruin it. Yeah, but if you watch the first episode and you're not, if you On don't board, feel the desire to watch the rest of it, then you're, it's probably not going to do it for you, and you're free yeah. to listen to the rest of this. But th- like that first episode is really good litmus, to, like it's a really good portent of things to come. Like all yeah. all through.
0: So. No, it's 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 really great bait and switch of this feels kind of mediocre, and I've seen this before too oh hell okay that's what this
1: is but i would say it's not even a full bait and switch because a lot of what's going on before the quote-unquote switch happens is still there in the dna of the rest of the season in fact it's i think very important to the rest of the season so
0: yeah i just mean that when i first started watching this it was kind of like this is good i'm into this but this feels very much like it's just dollar store dc if that makes any (laughs) sense
1: It's kind of what it was. The references
0: were too on point. It's like, okay, do I really want to watch a whole show that's about this guy coming into his powers in off brand, you know, DC? And then, spoiler, our main Superman character murders the Justice League in the most brutal fashion possible.
1: Yeah, and I don't actually feel like that's a heavy spoiler because again, I feel like that's the main reason most people are gonna even decide to give the show time of day in the first place.
0: But so, it's a fun tone shift if you're not expecting it.
1: Yeah, and when we say he he murders them, this isn't like – again, hopefully if you're listening to this, you've seen this. But if not, if you're listening to this and you don't care, he he grabs the Red Rush, who's essentially the Flash, his head with both hands and crushes it like a grapefruit between him. He puts his fist through the equivalent of uh, – I guess it would be like Kitty Pride, really, but right through her entire skull. He. <laughs> Like the blood is visceral. He grabs the equivalent of Batman and does the Hulk Loki thing, except with a regular human. Yep. No,
0: there's a brutal scene where Red Rush is trying to punch him as he's crushing his head and it's leaving, you know, just it's burning through his costume, but he's not slowing down and he's not reacting the whole time. He is just deadpan murdering them. I want to have. The show sets them all up as characters. Like, you get to know them like, oh, we're going to be following these people before
1: violently eviscerating them. I will say before we get into this, just because I want this on recording, and I'm sure I am positive that people have said this, but the Guardians of the Globe could have fucking taken him if they were just smarter about it. Like, literally, Red Rush, your power is super speed, and like three times before he gets killed – he manages to save someone else from getting killed, so he should have realized at that point, my job is support. I can't actually hurt him, so I should focus on keeping everyone safe. Meanwhile, Green Ghost should have immediately left. Shouldn't have stuck around at all. She, like, sorry, I just felt like, even when no. I was watching it, I was like, what are you doing? You can survive this stupid decisions.
0: So. Yeah, but it's like if I busted down your door and started kicking your ass, you're going to be a bit caught off guard of why this is happening, which is exactly why he did it the way he did.
1: Well, I, I agree with you, except for when it comes to Immortal, who considering Immortal was running the Guardians of the Globe, because I feel actually the Immortal and uh, and Dark, what what's the Batman off character named? I don't remember. He didn't make enough of an impression I'm like,
0: oh, Batman. Oh, Batman's dead. Cool. Okay.
1: Yeah, point is, both of them very obviously are shown at the beginning to be uncomfortable with Omni-Man, and they don't – something is off about about him, and they know it. They just don't know exactly what. So – but anyway. So that
0: brings us around to the central key topic in Wetworks, and the first thing that I really like is it addresses the fact of Superman is kind of a scary character. When you consider his power sets, and you just have to assume and go with the notion that he is good – And that he's acting benevolently, which they really tried with Batman versus Superman, but they didn't nail the landing because the writing in that movie is garbage.
1: Yeah. Also, we got to iterate to be very specific. Omni-Man doesn't even have all of Superman's powers. Omni-Man, to put it it succinctly, he has flight, super speed, super invulnerability, super strength, and extremely slowed down aging. And that's it. The only thing you can say is that he can survive for weeks without oxygen. But he's a very blunt instrument compared to Superman who can shoot death rays through his eyes and blow freezing coal. And my point is that Omni-Man is scary, and if he's scary, then it just further illustrates that – and he's already a a weakened copy of Superman (laughs) – Yes,
0: but it immediately grabs onto that idea like, no, this would be terrifying because you just have to assume that he is what he says he is, that he really is this good person. And it, I mean, he's like, that's what we all assume. And then we show him doing something terrible. And then you're like, well, wait a second. Why did he do that? Which again, I Also,
1: it's funny. Someone I did watch a YouTuber mention that he thinks that the reason why and for the record, if if you don't know, in the comics, the sequence isn't nearly as good. In the comics, the murder of the the Guardians of the Globe happens in one page across a few panels. Oh,
0: no. That's yeah. not how you
1: do that. Yeah, but there's no, like, fight. He just murders them, like, instantly, and they don't put up any sort of real resistance. The only thing that happens is that a mortal says to him, I never liked you, and he's like – the feeling was mutual. But, oh, that's
0: dumb. Uh, yeah. Another way they improved in the show is the show – Again, without letting them react, with showing how futile the struggle is, it just kind of hammers home how powerful
1: he is. What's funny is I actually don't think "futile" is the right word. I think one of the this is a side note, but one of the reasons why the show's scene is so much better is because Omni Man has to work to. It, it takes a lot of effort for him to kill them, but that when is you eventually. True. When you eventually find out why, here's where the real spoilers go for. This is the rest of the season. When you find out why, which is they were a threat to the v- Viltrum invasion force, essentially, that makes sense. He had to eliminate the threat. But in the comics, they aren't even the smallest bit of a threat to him. So it it makes this like, why did he even waste his time?
0: <laughs> so That, again, that's kind of why I like this one. I feel there's a bit of moral – well, not a bit. There's a – minuscule amount of moral grayness
1: to him. Well, also, I was going to say that the thing I I saw a YouTuber mention is that he hypothesizes that the reason why Omni-Man doesn't say a word during the whole thing is because he actually does like them. He actually does care for them. But his duty comes first, and he knows that if he says something, it's going to make it much harder for him to do what, to him, is his responsibility, his duty, to eliminate them as a threat.
0: I like that interpretation. I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but I like it as an interpretation. But anyways, that is the first point in what this gets right. It gives our evil Superman a meaningful motive to why he's doing this. It doesn't do it for, you know, well, what if he was just evil? There is a reason and a compelling reason and an interesting reason. Like this is what he spent, this is what he was here for. This is why he is here. This is what he does. This is what he's been taught to believe. It gives you – can, you can understand his motives, you know, which is something that a lot of times when they try to do an evil Superman story, they just go, well, what if he was a dick, a.k.a. Homelander? It's like, oh, well, that's interesting, but why does that have to be Superman then? And
1: yeah, I feel like – like, for instance, in the examples I gave earlier with uh, – with, with see, I said <laughs> Justice injustice. Wars and Injustice. Like, those two come from the – because they're basically from the same cloth, which is the idea of Superman losing everything. Well, actually, what's funny is – In the Injustice storyline, it's Joker that does it, who basically – he kills – or he gets Lois Lane killed, spoilers for Injustice, and proves to Superman that Superman cannot save even the ones that are most closest to him, which drives Superman to kill Joker and then into a philosophy of eliminating criminals before they can commit crimes so that no one deals with what – Uh, He had to deal with, and then he slowly devolves further and further until he is essentially in control of a fascist state in the Justice Lord storyline, something similar. Lois is still alive. It's just that Lex Luthor becomes president. He basically wrecks a lot of the the country and then Superman goes to the Justice go to stop him. And Lex Luthor has this monologue where he goes. Yeah, what's going to happen? You're going to capture me. I'm the president of the United States. I'm going to get out. I'm going to keep on doing it. And we're going to keep on doing this until I eventually win. And it actually convinces him and Superman kills Lex Luthor and then gets into the same philosophy a la fascist state. So...
0: And see, while well, those are interesting, I'm not sure if that fits with the Superman we know.
1: Whereas Justice this one... one does pretty well, but the, the Omni-Man one is instead touching on almost, what's really funny about Omni-Man's story is that it's more like an adaptation of Dragon Ball Z's concept, which itself was a play on Superman's original concept. Because, of course, Superman is the alien sent to Earth to protect it. Then Goku in Dragon Ball Z was an alien sent to Earth to conquer it, who then bashed his head as a child and basically eliminated the programming in him. And so he became Earth's defender. So Omni-Man is then kind of the next step of that, where it's it's what if Superman was in Goku's position, but he was already an adult. And so there was no way to override the, you know, the, the quote unquote, the programming. Omni-Man comes to Earth fully intent from the beginning To conquer it, but he's going to pretend to be its hero until a certain set of conditions happen.
0: And they go even further and kind of set up or do it in that he is a god compared to these people, so he doesn't even have the they immediately remove the human connection or they try to at least. Is why would he care about us if we are more akin to pets than anything else because our lifespans are so short. Because we are so weak and we are so fragile, it really kind of excises the, any little bit of humanity that would exist in his character. So when he does these horrible things, you kind of go, yeah, it's terrible, but he doesn't care because he's a sociopath. He doesn't care because we are like ants to him.
1: I mean, that's the correct way to think about it, because part of what makes the last two episodes of Invincible so great is the idea that to what degree does Omni-Man endorse what he is saying? And what I mean by that is he definitely does. But part of what makes the ending so effective is you get the feeling that Omni Man is at, trying to convince Mark of these philosophies and these ideas as much as he's trying to re- about, reassert it for himself. And what I mean by that is, as Ulrich said, it's very obvious that Omni Man sees humanity in general as. Insignificant, unimportant, their deaths are meaningless. He murders a bunch of them to try to force Mark into understanding vilrammite superiority for lack of a better term. That's not even the right word because again, it's not like they're superior, they're just literally on another level, like we are from ants, yeah, but it's like, like if I kicked time, down an ant
0: colony to prove to you, it's like, listen, this look how little it matters if it wasn't me, it'd be someone else, which I like that was kind of point of like. They do a good job, and it's kind of up to the show. It's like, look at what humanity has done on its own. Are you really pulling for them to be on their own any longer? They haven't done a great job. And you kind of go, you know, we really haven't. So, I mean, he's an asshole, but he's got a point about us being fucking dickheads.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, we see a lot of evidence that Omni-Man has at this point, at that point at the end, something has changed in him. Not fully, obviously, because he still brutalizes and murders people like you know, a lot of them, but he he refers to his wife as a pet and not an insignificant insect. So he does care for her. And we get the feeling that everything he's saying in the last episode is true from his perspective. He does care about her. He just cares about her in a different way than, you know, you might think. But that that itself extends out to everything else. If he cares about this human woman, even like a pet, that's more than he really should have considering his job
0: Mm -hmm. and that is i think like the topper this is a fully realized interesting character before anything else even as he exists as an evil superman he is still a fully realized character that is interesting and you kind of want to follow along with and he's voiced by jk simmons so that really kind of helps push the needle
1: Oh, yeah. Jackie Simmons kills it. But another thing to bring up with the wife thing, I think even him saying that he thinks of her as a pet is wrong, because think of how many times, especially when she straight up reveals she knows he murdered the the guardians, what he he could have silenced her mm -hmm. right then. Based on everything we see of him, there's no reason he couldn't just murder her right there and make sure that no one ever found out about it. He purposefully left his bloodstained clothes out (laughs) so that they could be found to force a conversation with her whether he did it i mean he himself admits he might have done it on a subconscious level on purpose he cares about her more than he's willing to to say more than he probably even understands and that of course extends to mark who the father-son relationship going on here is fascinating because it's very it would be very easy and obvious to just be like oh abusive dad but that's not that's not no, truth. he genuinely loves his son.
0: And that's what I mean. This isn't just taking a character with Superman's powers and making it evil. This is building a complex three-dimensional character, giving him the powers of Superman and going, now what if his moral compass was different? It is the full realization of the idea of an evil Superman. Because Superman exists as a fully realized 3D character. But you don't – you just can't take that character and make him evil and have
1: it be the same – uh, creation. It's not as interesting. Well, you you could also argue one of the things that's always made Superman okay. Let me put it this way. I think I think one of our favorite YouTubers might have said this a long time ago. So if I'm stealing this, I apologize. I don't know, but part of what makes Superman always been a great character is not the super. It's the man part. The fact that Superman, as a character in his stories, is is a is a a, a farm boy. From Kansas, who is more human than a lot of actual people are. Hell, the idea of my favorite version of Lex Luthor is that Lex Luthor is supposed to be like the pinnacle of humanity, physical, great specimen, massive intellect, strong businessman. But that actually puts him more separated from your average person than Clark Kent is, who's just a reporter who who's still like who still won't say that Santa Claus isn't real. Sorry, one of the mm-hmm. best moments from Justice League. Who who is just like a nice guy who's willing to take out time to to save, you know, cats from trees because he's just really down home. Because of that, he's a Kryptonian, but he's way more of a human. Now, when it be, he becomes the true Superman, that there's that gets a little tricky. But Omni-Man is essentially the same idea except not the human part at all. He is purely – it would be like if Superman was purely Kryptonian, in this case, is truly Viltramite. And because he's truly Viltramite, he's going to view humanity and other things like it in a completely different – a separate perspective because he's not part of it. Superman is part of humanity even though he protects it and is stronger than it. He still makes it very clear that he is part of it. Those evil Superman stories like Justice Lords and Injustice – Part of what's going on there is him separating himself entirely from humanity, destroying the Clark Kent persona entirely. He needs the Clark Kent persona to to exist as himself, kind of.
0: Yep. And that's why they don't really work is it's not Superman anymore. It's just a character named Clark Kent with his powers murdering people. And that's why just murdering people isn't enough to make this a compelling or interesting story. You need to build the character up. You need to give us a reason and then you can have the powers, because the powers of an alien god existing on Earth and caring about humanity is inherently interesting just as an
1: idea. That is, though, why I still think the best version of this is still Dr. Manhattan, who takes that idea to the logical endpoint of complete apathy. But that's another mm-hmm. question entirely, I think. So.
0: Yeah, so I feel like we've answered the question of why Invincible really kind of knocked it out of the park on doing the evil Superman Anything you want to add?
1: I think that in those other stories, even the ones that I think are are good, evil Superman tends to, as I said, be separate. Like, Injustice is largely good not because of Superman himself. He's a catalyst, and he is the main foil, and we can understand him, especially when he talks about you know losing Lois and stuff. But it's largely like a Batman story. Batman's our, our hero, and watching him try to overcome evil Superman in a not- frank millery kind of way. Uh so Omni-Man on the other hand is directly invested and involved in our main character of Invincible who is essentially Spider-Man but with Superman's powers. Like Mark has a personality that strikes up a good Silver Age Spider-Man where he's he's genuine, he You know, he's he's happy, but he's got to deal with, you know, how his powers interact with his high school time. He even gets goes through a period of disillusionment. He goes through a lot of the same kind of beats. So then had to have our evil Superman be completely invested in him and not be the because in the end, the last episode, there's no the show. Never once gives you any indication that Mark can beat Omni-Man in physical confrontation. That's never the question. There's never any possibility of that. It's. Can Mark save Earth from him somehow? And the way he ends up doing it is foreshadowed in the very first episode. I'm just going to let him hit me until he gets tired and goes home.
0: (laughs) And it's true. And the last thing I will say, and this has become like more and more my go-to response. There are some Superman fans that like his powers more than they like the character, and that is why you get evil Superman stories.
1: Oh, also, sorry, Red Sun is a great story, but that's another uh, thing. Ah,
0: we're going to do an episode on Red Sun because I have issues with Red Sun. Fair enough.
1: But, yeah, I mean, a lot of Superman's best stories also involve him not having powers. You know that – I haven't read it myself, but do you know that among the community, the the comic series where Superman deals with xenomorphs is considered one of the best? It involves him being power depowered. There's a comic where Superman fights xenomorphs? Yeah, he actually finds an asteroid with Kryptonians and xenomorphs on it, but it's in a Red Sun system. So he starts, like, losing his powers, and he has to fight off xenomorphs. And what actually makes it really cool is is that Superman is the character who will not – who, like, doesn't kill, right, because he can find the humanity in, in anyone, or if not, he can at least protect other. But he's up against an enemy, the Xenomorphs, who are completely and utterly devoid of reason. They can't even speak to him. Like, it's so far beyond even someone like Brainiac. And, but anyway, I haven't – That is read such a cool story. I got to track that down. Yeah, but I've read multiple countdown lists that listed as one of Superman's best stories. So it's just surprising to me. (laughs) So there's also a uh, apparently there's a Batman v. Predator comic book that's also pretty good, but I don't know much about that.
0: I've read that one. It has the same problems that all Batman stories have of Batman should not. Well, that's my Batman bias. I say Batman shouldn't win, but
1: Schwarzenegger beat. Predator, so Batman could theoretically beat Predator. Anyway, I'm super looking forward to Invincible Season 2. I have spoiled much of what's going on in the future of the comic book story, but I, I'm i not the kind of person that gets turned off by spoilers. Hell, the only reason I saw one of my favorite movies ever, Mother, was because the entire movie got spoiled for me, and I don't regret it for a second. So... I won't spoil it for other people, but I am looking forward to seeing what they do.
0: I think that pretty much wraps us up. So actually, you want to take us into the outro?
1: Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, all those things I'm supposed to ask that I just recently found out there was an episode of South Park where Cartman completely made fun of, or I should say South Park made fun of the the whole phrase through Cartman, which is what they do. And I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm, I'm really not surprised. But that's why I try to make this genuine and not just a a thing I, I read the same way every time. I'm just kind of spitballing here. But, you know, the more that you do all those things, uh, the more, you know, we grow. And the more we grow, the more we can do. And we've watched steady growth for, I don't know, like th- three and some years. And I'm, I'm really happy where we are. And I'm really happy to see where we're going to keep going.
0: And if you'd like to contribute to that continued growth, then make sure you are following us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Play, Stitcher Google Play, Podcast, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, because those are all the places we currently are. And hey, if we are not on a place you think we need to be on, leave us a comment so we can look into it, because we
1: really don't know where else to go unless you tell us. As always, this has been Axel Wright. And it's Sheila you there, Lord Commander Oric. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.